Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 10 of Faith Practically. I am Darian Claxon. My guest today is Anthony Hackett. He is an award-winning film producer, actor, speaker, and he's the founder and president of Sunset Friday Entertainment. Thank you for being on the show. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. sir, man. <laughs> Trying to get this uh, Facebook Live thing going on here. Yes, yes. Um, let's, let's pray first. Father God, I'm asking you to give us the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. In Christ's name, amen. We love you, Father. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, we met, uh, I think it was five years ago. Man, we connected. Has it been that yeah, long? it's yeah, been five years. Been we uh, connected on, on social media. So you, you know, you got YouTube channels going on. You got all kind of things. So you were doing these skits on Facebook. And we had a lot of mutual friends. And somehow I started seeing them, like some funny skits and some faith-based things. <laughs> and and you've really kind of taken off. So since then, you've had a couple of of full-length movies, award-winning movies. Um, God is good all the time, right? All the time. All yes, the time. Sir. Yes, sir. So kind of walk us through, you know, so what you're doing now, uh, when you were growing up, going to high school, going to college, looking for a major, is this kind of what you dreamt or thought that you're going to be doing? Or if not, like, how did you get to this point now? First of all, thank you for allowing me to be here, yeah. man. I appreciate you uh, every time I get to hang out with you, which oh, is rare because yeah. this guy, he's all over the place. Um, but I just appreciate you allowing me to be here. And this location we're filming at yes. is amazing <laughs> out here in Camp Springs. So shout out to the man over there, the engineer, man. He's, yes. he's doing his thing, and it's a great place. So maybe I'll give you a little sneak peek uh, on Facebook Live. But uh, with that being said, um, the actual, my journey, I guess you mm -hmm. could say, uh, where it started from, it's... It started with um, with ministry mm. Mm. Um, because ministry is is my is my calling mm. and entertainment is my gift. Okay. So when I was it started in college, you know, in college, you know, just going there for ministry. My major was religion mm. um, and with a metropolitan ministries emphasis. Mm. And God just called me to ministry, man. Mm. You know, he 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 called me to be able to share His word. But the only problem is, mm. Darian, is that. The ministry that I was doing didn't quite conform to the traditional church. Hmm. It was like it was it was you know I wasn't always welcome. To be honest with hmm. you, I mean hmm. I've done I was doing some like I started off doing stage plays. Hmm. I remember we brought a stage play to a, a local church hmm. here in Maryland. Hmm. I won't name the church, <laughs> but it was a church in Maryland yeah. that um, I know it. I know what it's you, you know this, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. So it was a church in Maryland. Long story short, uh, we took the play there to this church, and um, I got kicked out the church. Mm. And, you know, I'm a young man in ministry. I'm about 22-ish years old or something like that. And this was my first experience dealing with the church. Mm. I'm excited about God, you know, and, and, and my first experience with the church is getting kicked out because someone in that congregation didn't like um, a particular uh, scene or, or, or musical selection that was actually in the play. Mm. So... That was a defining moment for me because that's the moment where I'm either like, all right, well, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to have anything to do with this. This is this is what I want. I want to use my gifts for this, and or I could say, you know what, God, this didn't turn out the way that you know I wanted to, and I hoped it to. But I know you have something different. So um, out of that defining moment, God just took me in a different direction and uh, kept me going on His path. So um, ministry continued to just be my calling, and then uh, eventually. Uh, God led me to entertainment in this broader form um, with not just stage play, but media, uh, film, TV, um, and 
that's kind of the, the background of it, you know, without getting too deep. Sure, sure, sure. Tell us about your, that particular struggle. So you're in a church environment, you're a young person. I remember how I was when I was 22 years old. Like, I mean, very fragile in terms of I'm looking for every excuse to not be in the church. And I don't know if you were there as well, but how did you channel your frustration into a realization that God really did want you in ministry but in a different space? And, and because there's always this difficulty finding a balance between your know, Christian entertainment or faith-based entertainment, you are not accepted often by the church because you're too over the top. And then the world is looking like you, like, oh, you guys are some knockoffs, some mutations, some cheesy stuff. So how did you be able to carve out this space for Sunset Friday to say, this is what my passion, what my ministry is based on your personal values? Not caring about it, what anybody has to say. Mm. Not caring about what people think, not caring about what people are going to say. Mm. Um, because some people are going to think what you do is corny and whack. Mm. Some people are going to think what you do is not good enough for the church or for God. Mm. Some people are going to just hate it because they hate you or they hate what God is, what God represents. Mm. All of those things happen, so you just have to learn to not care, man. Mm. Not give a crap about what people think or say about you, but just really walk in the call that mm. God has given you. Mm. And if you're able to just really block out and zone out everybody else, mm. um, it frees you. Mm. It's like you're free because yeah. you're walking now in this path. It's like nobody. It's like you just feel like like God's walking with you. You know sure, what I'm saying? Like sure, imagine sure. walking down the street, God is behind you. Right. Are you scared of anything? Mm. Like mm. he's literally right. Like you can see him. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like yeah. God's right there. You see him, and, and nothing's going nothing's going to face you. So I had to be able to get to a place, and it, it wasn't hard for me. Um, it's easy to say because that's not always the easy thing to do for people, which is simply to not care about what other people think. Mm -hmm. That's not easy at all. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it came pretty easy, but for a lot of people, it doesn't. So, But that is something that has to happen, mm -hmm. especially in this area of ministry where everything is critical. Everything mm -hmm. is critiqued. Mm -hmm. Everything is critiqued. That's right. some, people's, uh, some people's ministry is praying. Mm -hmm. Some people's ministry is um, Bible studies, mm -hmm. etc. But none of those are critiqueable mm. you know like people don't really sit there and critique your prayer too right, often you know right. what I'm saying sometimes when they do the church they pray too long you, <laughs> yeah, know, you critique yeah, yeah. That, that guy yeah. but for the most part the critique comes in entertainment mm -hmm. which rightfully so it's entertainment so everyone's taste is different but you have to get to a place where you do not care that's mm. in music that's in acting that's mm. in filmmaking directing etc even mm. in preaching to be mm. honest with you even that that's not entertainment but it fits in that same realm mm. of people critique it all the time mm. so you really have to just not learn to not care, and that's that's what uh, put me in a place where I'm able to progress forward in what it is that I'm called to do, mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. care. Sure, sure. And that is difficult for some people because if you're looking from a ministry standpoint, you're looking for mentors, you're looking for people who have done it before, you're looking for people who are the voice of God, for lack of a better word. And so you may look at that criticism and say, maybe God's speaking through them to tell me, Oh, I'm going, I'm getting too liberal. I'm getting too out there. How do you kind of deal with the noise? Because you can say you don't care, hmm. but you also want to hear God's voice. So for example, with you, all of your movies, who's your, ex your executive producer? God. It's God, okay. So, and I love that, I love yeah, that. Yeah. You know, every, every, every film that you do, you, you show him as a producer. So you can make the argument that God is saying, okay, this person I brought into your life is giving you this criticism 
is actually I've sent this person to help you refine your ministry. So how do you weed out the criticism that you get and kind of get those gold nuggets that actually are from the most high? Good question. So it's discernment. You know, I mean, you you, you never want to close your, your, your spirit and your ears to what God is saying to you and what God is speaking so for me I'm always staying making sure that I'm staying open to that Mm. Um, but the discernment it's just discernment I Mm. mean you can God will enlighten you Mm. especially when you're on the right path with him he'll enlighten you to people who are there to help Mm. and to give critical feedback and advice and Mm. then people who are not and for me it's just listening to more so God than listening to them Mm. it's still not caring Mm. it doesn't matter if they're saying something great Mm. It, it, you still have to have the mentality of not caring mm. until God tells you to care. Mm. <laughs> like, don't care about what nobody has to say mm. until God says to you, care about what that person has to mm. say. Mm. Um, because if you don't, then you're going into it caring, and you just you can't, you can't caring mm. too much. Especially, all right. So check this out. Mm. So me and my wife, um, we talk about who's more emotional in our relationship okay. between me and her, right? Mm-hmm. And typically, it's the lady, right? right. You know, right. like, is, right. am I right, brother? Yeah. Typically, it's the woman who's more relationship. Mm, mm. I mean, who's more emotional. emotional yeah. In our relationship, I'm more emotional, mm. right? Like, we could be watching, I remember we were watching Toy Story 3. Okay. Man, that's a good movie. Okay. Like, okay. Toy Story 3 is a good movie. I was crying like a fuck, man. <laughs> because in Toy Story 3, you know, did you ever see yeah, it? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. You remember the moment when they was in the furnace uh, and they was holding hands yeah, and they yeah, was yeah. like, they was about to, to, yeah. to go? And I was like, no, because yeah. you know, I had a relationship with these guys since right, I was right, kid. Right. And so, I'm crying, and my wife looking at me like, are you serious right now? You're really crying on this cartoon? Yeah. But mm. people in entertainment mm. are typically very emotional people, mm. especially those who are actors. Mm. I mean, they, we bring out our emotions in our craft. So mm. because of, because of my, my high emotion, mm. I cannot get attached. I can't let people win. I can't, I can't care mm. what people have to say because I'm gonna, it's going to affect me. Mm. So I have to put up this wall until God allows me to lower it for this person mm-hmm. or that person. Mm-hmm. And anybody who is, is a more of an emotional person has to, in my opinion, consider dealing with things that way. Mm-hmm. Whereas you allow God to uh, let people win rather than you letting people win mm-hmm. yourself. Um, and that's just what's worked for me personally. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Talk about the space of faith-based entertainment. Um, for someone who is not familiar with it, they can paint it with a broad brush. But if you watch like Pure Flix, there are several, there's a whole gambit of faith-based movies. You have your positive movies that are not really faith-based, but you don't have any cursing or over-the-top violence or sexuality. You've got your action movies, your apocalyptic movies, you have comedies. Talk about that and maybe your challenges in finding what was the space that was right for Sunset Friday Entertainment. Good question. So real quick commercial break, mm. right? Um, for those of you who are watching live on Facebook, this is actually streaming live on YouTube as well. Mm. What's that site? It's V-O-X Wave, W-A-V. So go to YouTube and search V-O-X W-A-V, um, and you can see your live on YouTube as well. Uh, a lot better quality <laughs> than this phone. Mm. Um, but anyway, with that being said, um, the space that I have for, uh, that not I have, but that God kind of led me to, and then even just faith-based, the entertainment world in general, mm. it's, in 2019, mm. it's a lot bigger, mm. a lot more congested, mm. a lot more 
um, exposed mm. in a positive way. Mm. And it's good. Mm -hmm. Like I, I really, there's no complaints to be honest with you. Um, mm -hmm. Outside of you got to keep your game up mm -hmm. now because mm -hmm. before, man, look when you think of Christian movies and stuff. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Them Cheesy. Dudes, what? Yeah. Yeah. Like back in the day, you yeah. know, like, you watch some stuff and it's like, mm -hmm. man, this is the, the writing was mm. not up to par. It was very just, just, just too predictable. Mm -hmm. um, the quality of filmmaking. Right. Um, the acting the quality. Acting, oh my yeah. goodness! Like, but and 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 in fairness to the genre, it was largely that way because of the lack of funding, mm. because of the lack of support that mm. you had in that craft. So, I mean, you're competing with movies that you see on TV. That's what your eyes mm. used to see. And so, when you go from seeing the Avengers and mm. then you go see this, it's like, <laughs> what is this? You know what I'm saying? Mm. But that's because of there's a there's a drastic difference in what is put into that movie versus mm -hmm. that Christian movie who was that was probably made for no money volunteer actors mm -hmm. blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So, but with that being said, now the genre ad is continuously um, evolving and getting more funding, mm -hmm. getting more support, getting more resources so that the quality of production from the story storytelling is something separate. That should never be whack. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a free movie, if your story sucks, yeah. that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And that's that's in any genre, Christian or not. Mm -hmm. Like you got to have a great story cuz you could have I, I guarantee you if you had an amazing story but didn't have great production quality, mm -hmm. acting wasn't amazing, mm -hmm. you could still follow the story right. just because you're attached to that story. And it's like, wow, that's actually pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, acting kind of whack, but I can't stop watching it. Mm -hmm. But if the story sucks, mm -hmm. it doesn't really even matter how good the actors are. You've been to a, I'm sure you've been to a movie, you see the movie, and it's like, it's Denzel Washington or something. I, I, there's a Denzel Washington movie I hate. What's that movie called? Oh my goodness. Um, is it Inside Man? No, not Inside Man. One of them joints, mm -hmm. his, his older movies, mm -hmm. and I can't stand it. Mm -hmm. The production is great. Mm -hmm. Denzel killed it, mm -hmm. but the story is horrible. Story is okay. So that's that's kind of the, the way it, 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 it transitions, same with Christian filmmaking. And so for us, by the grace of God, it has improved and expanded. And now I'm in a, a world right now where we have to stay on top of our game. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We ha Our storytelling has to be top notch, and we have to do our best to get as much as we can to up that production quality of acting. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're at. Um, that's where the, the world, the faith-based genre is today. It's in a good place, um, but it definitely needs, it, it's still, still room to grow, but mm -hmm. it's definitely in a good place. Mm -hmm. How, in, so in terms of coming up with a story for a faith-based film, how do you craft it in a way that you know is going to, because, you know, we, my wife and I just watched a faith-based film for anniversary. It was, um, I didn't even, I didn't even mention the name of it. It was a good movie. But when you watch it, it's clearly designed for an audience of Christians. In other words, the average person off the street, they see like, nah, I, I ain't with that, right? So how do you craft your storytelling in a way that can appeal to someone? Because your idea is ministry, and you want to minister to people who don't know the gospel or are not very familiar with it. So how do you formulate a way to attract that person and don't, for lack of a better term, scare them off, but also have enough nuggets out there to be able to minister to them and appease those who are coming in with a faith-based background? So, real quick question: it, Do you remember what movie it is? I think now that it, I'm talking to you, I think it was Overcomer. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes, it was Overcomer. That was that's what it was. Got you. So, 
I want to address your general question, then I want to address that movie. Okay. So, like with Overcomer, uh, the filmmakers are the Kendrick brothers, yes, right? Yes. And so the Kendrick brothers, they're known for making films that are literally for the Christian audience. Right. Um, it's Fireproof, War Room, yeah. Mm -hmm. stuff like shout that. outs all shout outs to Kendrick Brothers. Yeah. Uh, great films for the Christian audience. Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, a lot of their films generally from other people aren't really seen so much mm -hmm. as outreach mm -hmm. as it is in reach. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, in reach to the Christian audience, outreach to the non Christian audience. Mm -hmm. Because typically it's marketed as a Christian film. Mm -hmm. It has strong Christian values, etc. So the average person who doesn't really like Christian movies or just Christian mm -hmm. isn't even going to see the movie. Right. They're not going to go even in the theater to watch it because why would they? Mm -hmm. But Christians, they'll go see it. Mm -hmm. um, it's relatable themes, etc., uh, etc. Et so there's Christian filmmakers who make films. Their their intent may be for outreach, but if it's marketed as a Christian film. If the values are strong in the Christian film, it's only really, for the most part, going to reach that Christian audience. Mm -hmm. And then there's filmmakers who, Christian filmmakers, who create films that are not necessarily marketed toward the Christian audience, per se. Mm -hmm. um, it's more of a, an anybody audience, but they still have those same Christian themes, but it's not as in your face as some, some of the other films. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's different ways that artists or you know, entertainers, et cetera, go about that. Um, for example, I'll give one. There's a movie called I Can Only Imagine mm. um, by the Irwin Brothers. Okay. Um, now, although that was kind of technically marketed to a faith-based audience, mm. too, it was also, it also wasn't. It mm. had more of a, a general Feel good. Yeah, you could say that. Um, it, it definitely had spiritual, you know, it had it God in it. You can tell it was all about God because the, the movie itself is about, about the, the song. song. Yes. So, but with that being said, it still wasn't, you didn't feel like, you. it didn't really feel like a Christian, like you were watching mm. a Christian movie. It just felt like you was watching a movie. And that's the direction they took mm. with the film. And it was great as well. Mm. Two different two different styles. So um, for me, you know, for us, as Sunset Friday, when it comes to creating a film and drafting a film, I, 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 I always listen to God on what that is. Mm. But it always, he always tends to lead me towards films that relate to my own experiences in some way, shape, or form. Um, as a black man, uh, as my, my relationship with the church, or uh, my experiences that I've had, a lot of writers, a lot of who they are is on the paper. And, and, it's just, and now it's just crafted in a way to make a good story out of it. Um, as opposed to taking like a story like I want to do a documentary on you. You know what I'm saying? I haven't really dove into that aspect of it. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of how it's drafted, and then from that, God transforms that story into something that is going to hopefully, Lord willing, be able to reach a broader audience. Mm -hmm. um, I like reaching just the Christian audience, mm -hmm. but I also like reading the, reaching the non-Christian audience with a with a with a inspirational message. Mm -hmm. So I like both, sure, and I can mess with both. Sure. Like I th I'm, I'm thinking about your films now, you know, Crisis Call, Formerly Catastasis, that probably was, I mean, it was a pastor, but I think that was, that would appeal to a regular audience. In other words, it didn't come off in the trailers, from what I remember, this is like four or five years ago, 
it didn't come off like it was overly Christian. The same with Love Different. Love Different came off as a comedy. You had Kevin on stage was in there. You had, you know, this, this feel with Tommy, rest in peace. You know, so you had a lot of these elements that seemed to be able to appease or to be able to, you know, bring in someone from the outside. So I think that you have a good balance there. But I, I like what you're saying about reaching the community, the, the, the faith-based community, because if you go to church, there's always a difficulty with dealing with the needs of the members. So we're always going out and going out and going out, but people coming to church just feeling broken, like, what about me? What about me? You know, so I know that your ministry is definitely focused on doing both of those. Now, let's transition to you as an actor. Okay. Um, you know, hey. here's the thing. If you are a plumber, could be a Christian, plumber is a secular job. Right? So he or she is going out, this is how they're making their living. CPA, programmer, whatever. But it seems to be that when it comes to entertainment, musician, I'm a musician, the feeling is if you are a Christian. You're a musician? Yeah, I play the piano. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that. I know that. Um, it seems to be that the idea is well, you should only be doing Christian music. You should only be doing Christian entertainment, Christian acting. So even though you're doing this to pay your bills, you know what I mean? Like, that's the feel. Like, for me, I can probably count on one hand the number of secular paid gigs I've done as a musician. Everything else has been in the church-based uh, uh, framework. Is that the same thing for acting? Like, do you get flack? Because I know you've done commercials and you've done things that are outside of the faith-based world. And so I know your feelings on that, but kind of tell me some of the challenges of an actor you mentioned the demographics, being a black man, and I think you've posted on social media the difficulties of the kind of casting calls, the kind of roles that you kind of pigeonholed into. So if you're trying to do this on a full-time basis, you've got two daughters, you've got a wife, you're trying to feed your family, like, you're, you're, it's slim pickings. So how do you approach that with a Christian mindset, but still trying to feed your family, trying to provide for this family that God has entrusted you with? What are some of the challenges you've dealt with in that capacity? Good question. So, um... You've heard of Devon Franklin? Yes, yes. Okay, so Devon Franklin or Devin Franklin, I'm not sure how they pronounce uh, okay. it. Which one? You know what your own it is? Devon I, I was heard Devon. Devon? Devon. All right, we'll go with Devon. Yeah, we'll go with Devon. Yeah. Yes. So Devon if he's Franklin. watching, apologize if we got your name wrong. Devon, Devin, let's just call him Mr. Franklin. Mr. Franklin. Mr. Franklin, go. Brother Franklin. Yeah. Uh, so he said something uh, in his, I believe it's his first book, um, and I'm paraphrasing, mm. but he said, if a door opens that doesn't fit your faith, I argue not to walk through. Mm -hmm. And that applies to, and he was speaking, you know, in general, like, you know, but from his world, his faith-based world, I mean, his um, his entertainment world, that's what we have to deal with as actors, entertainers. We have to, when we're presented a door that opens for us, whether that's a, an acting gig or a music gig or whatever the case is, if that door, for any reason, doesn't fit your faith, like if you can't walk through that door and also carry your faith mm -hmm. with you, then don't go through that door. Because mm -hmm. if you try to go through that door, guess what? You're going to have to leave your faith at the door. Right. And now you're inside this world and you left God behind. Mm -hmm. So instead, only take projects that fit your faith. Mm -hmm. That Now, what that means is that doesn't mean every project has to be Christian. Mm -hmm. It means that every project you do ha cannot compromise your faith. Mm -hmm. So that's that's how it is with me. Um, any any actor, of course, I, I'll I'll work a secular commercial or movie or TV show, whatever the case is, as long as that opportunity does not in any way compromise my faith and what I have to do 
um, and even the message that's being presented. You, you want to make sure that it, it kind of lines up. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of the simple answer. He, he defined that perfectly. It's just make sure that my faith is able to come with me on every project. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, no, good answer. <laughs> I, I think that's always going to be a challenge for us, the person who's a professional and, you know, discernment, which you mentioned earlier in the show. There has to be a constant um, connection with the most high. So where I'm not going into the office or going to work in whatever capacity and not having a connection because there are always going to be opportunities for me to compromise my faith wherever I'm at. And so I have to be able to say, nah, this is not where he wants me to go. Yeah, and I'll add to that. The good news, though, is that in today's world, there's so many more opportunities that you're not finding yourself feeling like you're, you're out. Mm. Like, be, there's so many more filmmakers. There's mm. so many poor people making commercials or TV shows or movies mm. or projects. Mm. Like, there's just so much more media content being created sure. now where not only you have opportunities to be part of what other people are doing, mm. But you can create your own. That's right. Like you can you can create your own path in in this market today, in media. Um, it's not to say that the the financial aspect of it is always amazing. Mm. If you're getting into this world, mm. if you're getting into this this entertainment world of acting, filmmaking, whatever, music, whatever, mm. you cannot. And from a faith based <coughs> perspective, you cannot get into it thinking that you're gonna get. Paid. <laughs> like yeah, it, yeah. it literally has to be passion because um, it's going to be a long. Gr it potentially will be a long grind before you get to a place where you can sustainably take care of yourself while just doing that. Yeah. Um, it people's walks are different. Some people jump right in and boom, they're good to go. And then some people it takes years, decades. So you got to be in it for the long haul if this is what you're called to do. For me, this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Period. There's nothing else. So I'm either there's there's two ways out for me. <laughs> two ways out. One, I die, mm -hmm. or two, God changes my heart. Mm -hmm. Neither have happened yet. Sure. So I'm still in it for the long run. Sure, sure. Praise God for that. You know, when we started this podcast, you know, I, I reached out to you, got some feedback, some great feedback from you, and uh, I also got asked for ideas, for show ideas, and you talked about overcoming fear. Mm. That was something that. That, that, that God put on your heart. And I kind of want to talk about that in your space now. So obviously your, 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 your husband, your father, your professional, how does that topic resonate with you and what are some of the things that you've dealt with in overcoming fear in your career, in your personal life? Um, so I've overcome fear many times mm -hmm. and there are many things that I'm still fearful of. Mm -hmm. So it's a continuous walk. Mm. You never, it's, it's never ending. Mm. Like you're always battling fear of something mm. um, for the most part. Mm. Um, so within this walk of what I'm doing entertainment-wise and, and career-wise, mm. every, after I finish every project, every project I finish, mm. I'm fearful again. Because mm. I don't know when the next one's coming. I don't mm. know what it is, when it's coming, how, if it'll be enough to pay for this or that. Mm. You just never know because it's, in my career, it's not like you're nine to five, mm. you know. It's, it's, and you, you do a project, you finish it, and you do your best to manage that money you made off of it. Mm. And then once that project's over, it's like, crap, now what? What's next? Yeah. Hey, now what, yeah, what's next? So there's always that element of fear there. 
that's not too much ba- too bad for me because I just I really trust God in that aspect of my life mm-hmm. where I know God is just gonna lead me to the next project, mm-hmm. lead me to the next thing. Um, so I, I feel good about that. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, there are still things that I still fear, mm-hmm. you know, um, that actually hinder me. So one thing I mm-hmm. talked to you about a little while ago. Um, I have a fear. Look, all right, I'm coming clean to the world. Oh, my <laughs> God, I'm coming clean to the world. I got a fear of flying. Mm. I hate, I, I can't, look, look, you guys, I've been, it, it's hindered me so much, uh, Darren, because there's so many opportunities I've had to pass on mm. just because I'm not willing to get on a plane and fly there. It literally just happened like a week ago or something. We had a film, well, one of the films I worked on with um, a man by the name of Chaplin Anderson, Paul Anderson. Um, it's a film that got accepted to a film festival in Texas. We got nominated. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, he, he called me up. Chaplin was at the film festival. He called me up. He was like, hey, get on the plane and we'll come over here tonight. I'll pay for it. Like, he's going to take care of everything. I'll pay for it. Come over here tonight because I want you to be here to represent the film and everything. I was like, yeah, about that. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so it, it, um, it, it hindered me. I wasn't able to go to that film festival, mm-hmm. and it would have been a great opportunity to be able to network and meet with people and mingle with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I missed out on that, and it happens a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. So that's something that I'm still dealing with, and my wife, she be getting mad at me, yo. Mm-hmm. Like, she be getting upset, like, yo, like, Get on the dang plane! Like I'm right. trying to go some places, right. and 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 you know what? And she comes at me. She she gets more mad at the fact that it's hindering my call with God than it is hindering my relationship with her. Mm. Like she gets more upset when stuff happens where I have to say no to a ministry opportunity mm. than going with her somewhere, mm. because she understands that this is something that's keeping you from really maximizing your potential and what God is calling you to do. Mm. And you being stupid by just being scared to get on the plane, just get on the plane. Like, w- like God, it, when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. God's gonna, God's gonna. It don't matter if you're gonna plane or not. If God wants you to go, you out, even mm-hmm. while you're sleeping. So, what are you scared of? Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's something I'm still working on, man. But there's my, here's my thought on that. All right, my thought on that is this: I try to reverse it up so to make me feel a little better. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a fear that God has allowed me to struggle with mm-hmm. to keep me closer to Him. Mm-hmm. And I think with, with some fears that we just cannot quite get over, what we do as people of faith is we keep going to God for that fear. Mm-hmm. We'll keep praying about it. We'll keep talking to him about it. We'll keep remembering God when we get fearful of, of whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And so God may allow that to still be a problem just so that you can keep coming to him. Because mm-hmm. it may be the only thing that you keep coming to him about. Sure. So... I'm assuming in my walk, in my relationship with him, that that is something that is allowing me to stay connected with him. I mean, I stay connected with him, period, but it's just another aspect of something that does that until that moment where I'm able to overcome it with him. I'm still working on it, though. Sure. Well, the thing about fear is we know it's irrational. Like, by, by definition, fear in most contexts, because you can logically map out the reasons why you shouldn't be afraid of what you're afraid of. In this case, getting on a plane. You know that there's way more car accidents, you're far more likely to, to die on the ground than in the plane. And so we can have this conversation in theory till we're blue in the face, but practically getting on the plane 
and dealing with the turbulence and dealing with all that stuff. I don't know what experience you had to set that up. We don't have to get into that. But we know that we can't describe that feeling. And so, and we look in passages in the Bible, and again, it's very theoretical. There's text after text where, where God is saying, if you fear, then you are outside of my protection. That's why it's like, you know, fear not, I'm with you, I will keep you, you know what I mean? Perfect love casts out fear. So there are all these texts in the Bible, um, but practically we're trying to see how we conquer that. And I wanted to look at this case study, and it's interesting, whenever I have topics on the show, I usually pray and I'm able to get a case study pretty quickly, a Bible story that fits that. In this case, I was struggling and uh, I asked my wife, my wife, she was sitting next to me and I'm, I'm thinking about Gideon, which we've done on the show before. And I said, you know, babe, who's somebody who overcame fear? And she says, Moses. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> Moses, that's probably one of the best examples. Um, when we look at his story in Exodus chapter three, we know the children of Israel were in captivity in Egypt for a couple hundred years, several hundred years. And they cry out to him, and God calls Moses to be this deliverer, to go to Pharaoh, lay down the iron fist, say, let my people go. And there are four instances where Moses kind of claps back with excuses. And the first time, he's like, you know, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And that's natural. I think that's in our human frailty. Jeremiah did that. Gideon did that. Mary did that. So that's usually the first response. Like, wait a minute, you're telling me something that I consider to be impossible. So that's kind of the natural thing. And then God goes and says, hey, I'm going to be with you. Fear not. This is my name, et cetera, et cetera. Here's what I've done in the past. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I'm going to do it for you. But then from that point on, now we see this fear that comes into the equation. Because the second time, you know, he says, what happens if they don't believe me? And so now fear is coming to the equation. Worst case scenario, here I am in this comfort zone. I'm chilling in Midian. I'm watching sheep. I'm an exiled murderer. Ain't nobody chasing me. Ain't nobody after me. If I go back into this place that's outside of my comfort zone, what could possibly happen? And here's one I want to get your perspective, because at this point, God, who is speaking to him face to face, right? I mean, he... he, he yes. Yeah, well, 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 so well, a burning bush. Well, see, but, but see, we always see in the Bible that Moses and God, they had a special relationship unlike anybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, it starts with a burning bush, but he's actually getting direct communication right. from God. And right. now God's giving me signs. Throw your rod down, turns into a snake, pick it up again, mm -hmm. turns back to a rod, put your, so your hand in your side, it becomes leprous, put it back, it's fine again, pour out the water, it turns into blood. So he's seeing all of these signs and he's hearing God's voice and he's seeing him legitimately, like this is, this, this, this is not something he ate last night, it's giving him a hallucination. And then he responds again with fear saying, I don't got it like that. I'm not a good speaker. And it seems that sometimes we want these, these extravagant signs from God. And we say that if God came down from heaven and told me, you got to get on that plane, then you would do it. If God did something <laughs> like, like, like opening up the Red Sea, like all these things we see well, in the Bible. Much, right, right. Yeah. If I saw that, then I would get over my fear. But clearly we see that was not the case. So mm. why do you think this was not enough for Moses to get past his fear of being slowed a speech and all these all this evidence meant nothing in the grand scheme. Well, I was looking at that same thing. So mm -hmm. even putting a more perspective on it, right? Um, Moses didn't want to go back. Mm -hmm. Imagine you came from a neighborhood, right? There's a gang neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Gang infested neighborhood and some people in the neighborhood tried to kill you. They shot at you. Like, boom, they were shooting at you. You were able to get out that situation, and you terrified because you know these people were in this block. Mm. 
is ready to kill you. Mm-hmm. When you get out, you move to another state, and it's a nice state. You know, right. you, now you're around, you're around white people now. You know, you got the nice, big houses and everything. You're good to go, right? Mm-hmm. And then X amount of years later, God says, I want you to go back to that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I want you to go back there, and I want you to tell that gang leader, <laughs> the one that ordered the hit on you. Yeah. I want you to tell that gang leader to whatever. Mm-hmm. This is this is my block. I want my people out of this block. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are, you, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. they, I, I just left there X my years ago. They shot at me. <laughs> they tried to kill me. Mm. You want me to go back in the hood mm. with these gang members and go to the leader of the gang mm. and say <coughs> anything? Mm. That's terrifying. Excuse me. <coughs> That's terrifying. Mm. And so when I was looking at that, it, it par- that story paralleled it to Moses. Mm. Like, this is really real. Like he was really terrified. Mm-hmm. Like he really was trying to try to get killed, and mm-hmm. he didn't want to go back. Mm-hmm. And he knew that people were trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. At least at that very moment. Mm-hmm. He later goes on to God clears that up. But mm-hmm. with that being said, it's relatable. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get why he was scared. Mm-hmm. Even if even if God through this burning bush was talking to me and telling me these things, that is right there still. Mm-hmm. Like I get it, God, but. I haven't, I haven't seen. I see you turn a snake to to, I mean, a, a stick to a snake. Mm-hmm. I seen you make my hand leprous and then take it away. I have, but I've also seen people try to kill me, mm-hmm. and so I haven't seen you, God, deal with that yet. Mm-hmm. So God gave him signs to prove and show the power of God, but God didn't necessarily directly touch on the thing that he was scared of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it takes amount of faith to be able to still progress in what God is saying, even though you haven't seen what God has already done mm-hmm. or is going to do. So from my perspective while reading it, I was just seeing that I, I, I was just relating to Moses. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I get why he's terrified. I get why he's scared. And I understand his hesitancy in going based off of that situation. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I feel the same way, mm. so yeah, I mean, I that was just my initial response to that. Sure. Like, I get it, mm. um, and that's how it is for all of us. For, for a lot of for people. a lot of us, sure, sure. And assurance after assurance comes from the Most High. We see, you know, later on in Chapter Four, where again he's seen all the signs and he's giving excuses. He's not a good speaker, you know. Mm-hmm. And God's like, Yo, I got you, man. I'm the one who gave you the gift of speaking. I'm the one who has your, but you talked about God. If God's behind you, you know that you're good. Exactly. That's my big brother. Yeah. I can do, I can go any hood. I have no issues. And, and, and the fourth time God gets upset, it says in verse 14, the anger of the Lord was kindled because Moses basically checks out. He's like, you know what? I see all that. I hear all that. Send somebody else. Like I just, I'm just not the one. You, you made a mistake, God. Send somebody else. And, and God's like, Okay, your brother Aaron, take him with you. You're going to be the mouthpiece. You'll be, you know what I mean? But he's like, get out of here. Just go. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and there's very few times we see God get upset, but he's really getting upset with his boy. But one thing that one of my ministry brothers, Brad, pointed out to me, because you're not going to read a text over and over again and, not, and get something new every single time, right? This account, I've literally probably read hundreds of times in my life. And... I'm praying with him, and he's like, yo, check out the plagues. So after all of this back and forth, and then when he finally encounters Pharaoh, 
the first few plagues, the language is, say to Aaron, have Aaron throw down his rod. The first plague of the waters becoming blessed. Say to Aaron, take your rod and stretch. The second plague, the frog. Say to Aaron, like it's always Aaron being the one who's stretching out his hand over the waters, who's being the person that's receiving the orders. The third plague with the lie, same thing. But by the time we get to the fourth plague, now it's just God and Moses. The Lord said to Moses, you rise early in the morning. You say this, you do that. And for the remainder of the, the seven plagues, it's God and Moses. So we see this progression where he has overcome his fear. And I guess I'm going to get your perspective. How do you think that happened? How do we transition from someone who's afraid, who's relying on his more eloquent brother to do the heavy lifting, to now he's actually able to do it himself? Experience with God. Mm. Um, the, the more experience Moses had with God in that whole situation, mm. the more his faith was built. Mm. Um, and that's, that's the same with all of us. You mm. know, the more experience we have with God, mm. the more experience we have with God, our faith continues to increase. Mm. Um, real quick, when when God got upset with Moses, right? <laughs> this is the crazy part. Mm. God is slow to anger. Right. Like God, right. God is slow to anger. Mm. He don't get upset easy. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he, at a certain point, got upset, mm. a God who is the most patient being mm. in the existence of anything. Mm. He got upset at this man's lack of faith. Mm. And I'm like, dang, God, like, he must be mad. At <laughs> like, he must be, like, he, it's, it gets to a point where God's like, like, Anthony, you're, you're getting on my nerves now. Yeah. Like, will you just do this? You know, it's like, to, to hear that God got, that, got upset with Moses, and he's so patient, so loving, so mm. kind, it lets me, and it, it just reminded me that, man, Having faith in him is something that he not only wants, he demands. Mm. And when you don't, when you're not obedient to what he wants, at some point you're going to get upset. Mm. Um, Moses was blessed that God's upsetness didn't lead to death. Mm. Now, there was a point in here, mm -hmm. I believe, where it said that God tried to kill Moses. Mm -hmm. do, do you Yes, yes, that? along the way. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was, I guess, because he hadn't circumcised um his son. Mm -hmm. It was after and they were his coming. Wife, and his wife circumcised his yes. son and and spared basically spared his life. Yes, life of Moses from yep. the, that was before Moses reached uh, mm -hmm. Egypt. Mm -hmm. So God, I mean, so like people look at Moses like mm -hmm. that was that was God's guy. Mm -hmm. You know, like he mm -hmm. he God was about to kill yeah. Moses. Yeah. God was about to wipe Moses out. Yeah. If it wasn't for his wife, uh -huh. woohoo! Praise God for the wife. If it wasn't for Moses's wife being more faithful mm. there's two aspects of faith there's having faith and there's being faithful mm. two totally different things mm. having faith in god is believing mm. it's believing mm. knowing mm. without a shadow of a doubt he will and can do something being faithful is the action behind right. that faith it's saying you know what i don't only have faith but i'm also going to be faithful and do this 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 mm. moses wasn't faithful mm. in that moment mm. his wife was mm. he moses may have been working on his faith, but he wasn't faithful. His wife was. So having those two things combined and that's, and moving forward to what you were talking about, Moses, Moses at that moment where he was uh, going through the plagues and then plague by plague, God was speaking to Aaron, Aaron, Moses was being faithful 
and, and continuing to build, but his faith wasn't where it needed to be, mm. at least in my opinion, mm. until that moment where God started directly speaking to him. Because mm. when God started speaking to him, that was the moment in which God knew that, okay, he's ready. Like now you, now you can do this thing. Mm. So there was, there's the difference there. And, and in my opinion, you, you have to have both. You have mm. to have faith. You have to be faithful. Mm. And if you're not, if you miss those things, at mm. some point, God is going to get upset at mm. you. Mm. And who knows? Because God doesn't always get upset and still bless you. Mm. Sometimes God will get upset and destroy you. Mm. So wherever you're at in your relationship with God, God knows Moses' heart. Mm. So he, that's a whole different story. Mm. But with us and with me personally, I believe that God sees my sees my heart and he knows where I'm at in my faith because there's certain things I'm more faithful than I'm not mm-hmm. than I'm others but as long as I'm able to keep being faithful mm-hmm. and showing God that okay I'm willing still I'm, I don't know what's going to happen there but I'm willing to take the steps to get mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. then God, God has something to work with mm-hmm. and he can continue to work on your faith and I think that's what he's doing with me with this whole play thing yeah. I'm not being faithful mm-hmm. And I don't have faith, mm. so I'm at a double whammy. And I hope sure. God, yeah, I, I hope He continues to be patient with me before sure. He gets upset. But mm. yeah, and the good thing is understanding why He got upset. It's like I've given you all you need because mm. the Bible says <laughs> later on, I think in Hebrews, that He understands our weakness, particularly after He came in human flesh. So He knows what it's like to be afraid. He knows what it's like to be, you know, in a place where people are trying to take you out, and yet He didn't sin. And so it's like, I can empathize with your weakness. I know that you're but death. And so if I'm putting myself in your shoes and I'm saying, even from your perspective, you should have enough, more than enough evidence to know that I got you and you mm-hmm. still aren't being faithful, mm-hmm. now we got a problem. Yeah. Because there are people who I have called you to save who are in the process of being lost because of your lack of faithfulness. Wow. You see what I'm saying? So there are wow. people who yeah. I have called you to deliver out of bondage in Moses' case, it was the children of Israel. In our case, there are ministry opportunities that we have. And when I say ministry, I'm not just talking about preaching, et cetera, et cetera. Like each, each, each one of us has a different ministry. And there, we get glimpses into things that you could be doing. So you've got a glimpse of this show, this, this, this event in Texas. Who knows who God could have had you meet when you're out there? It could have been a blessing for that person or those individuals. It could have been a blessing for you. And so he's like, yo, I'm limited by your own self-imposed limitations when I've given you all the power that you need. And so I believe that, you know, from a listener's perspective or watcher's perspective, you know, there are things that you're dealing with, the fears that you have, natural that you have. And it's easy to say, like, it's easy for me to say, tell you, just get on the plane, just get on, do it. It's like it would have been easy to tell Moses, yo, just go and do it. But I guess practically, I'm asking you, like, what do you think a step would be for you? Because you know your experience with God is going to get you to a point where it's not no longer fearful. You could be on that plane and you're just holding on tight and now you're praying. So instead of watching a movie or reading a book, like you are just having that connection and that takes you to the next level. What do you think practically, even if it's not about yourself, but someone who's dealing with a fear, how do you think we can look at this story here in Exodus and see practically how we get from the theory of understanding the faith aspect to practically being faithful and taking it into action? That's a great question. Um, and my wife asked me a similar question mm. specifically pertaining to the flying situation. She said, what's it going to take? Mm. I mean, what is it going to take? And so I get it. What God does, what God's going to do is he's, 
if I don't if I don't make the step myself, he's gonna create a situation where I have to do mm. it. That simple. Mm. I mean, God, if you don't take that step of faith yourself, and God has called you to something specific, mm. then he's gonna force a situation where you have to take it anyway. Mm. You have to. And I, I told my wife, I said, you know what, one day, there's gonna be a reason why I have to get on a plane. Mm. There's no other option, I, I literally have to do it. And if I'm ready or not, here I come, because mm -hmm. I have to do it, period. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I think God is going to do, unless I'm able to move before he has to move for mm -hmm. me. Um, it's still going to, even if he forces that situation, it's still I still have to move forward and do it. But God knows me, and I think that's the whole point. God is willing to work with people that love him. Mm -hmm. If you love God, even if your faith is wavering, if you love God, he's willing to work with you where you're at. Mm. And he'll go as far as to do whatever it takes to keep people that love him on his side. Mm. So I don't believe God will ever, not, he'll never, I don't believe, he'll, he'll never leave me. Mm. I'd be the one to leave him. Right. He would never leave me. But I also believe that God never wants me to leave him. Mm. He, I believe I'm in a relationship with him where he says, okay, this is my servant. And I've called him to do some things, and he's been faithful in some, but he still has some work to do. So if he's going to be acting up at some point, I'm just going to have to force a situation where he has to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I think it's going to take. Mm -hmm. It's going to take one or two things, either God forcing it mm -hmm. or me just doing it. Mm -hmm. um, either way, it's going to happen. Sure. It's, that's, it's that simple. God, it, when, it, when you're dealing with God, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of how and when. Sure. And in my experience, the latter is far less comfortable than mm. the former. In other words, when God throws you in the deep end of the pool, like that's not, that's more unpleasant than had you got in yourself. Exactly. Right? I mean, yeah. there are times where I'm, like, I don't like being in cold water. I really hate it. So if I'm going into the <laughs> beach or going to the pool, like I'm just going extra, extra slow. It takes me like 10 minutes to get in that mug, right? <laughs> and but it's easier for me to just dive in mm. than for somebody to splash water on me mm. or somebody to dunk me. Like, that is just like, like I, I wasn't ready. That's my feeling. Like, if I do it myself, it's a lot better than somebody else doing it, you know? Mm. And I believe that with God, it's the same way, where if we take that faith, the evidence he's given us, and we dive in, it's far, it's far more conducive for us than if he has to be the one who does it. We always end our show with a section I call self-check. It's basically being introspective and taking some of what we talked about today to practically help someone that can implement those today. So firstly, you know, getting back to the industry of, of faith-based entertainment, someone who wants to, someone who feels called to that ministry, what are some tips you might give someone who's, they're just coming out, they're just starting out, what classes should they take, how can they get to that space? Um. First and foremost is, in my, from my perspective, it's establishing that with God first. Mm -hmm. um, if you are a Christian, uh, if you do believe in God and have a relationship with him, it's just making sure that you establish that with God first. Um, because literally, it's going to be God that sets that, sets your path, and he'll also be the one to support you along that mm -hmm. path. So uh, just making sure you and your relationship with God is, is growing. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be great. It just has to be growing every day. Um, so that's where it starts mm -hmm. for me. 
Um, but then outside of that, logistically speaking, um, it's a matter of just doing it. You know, uh, I work with an actor. His name is Mahershala Ali. Mm -hmm. um, you familiar with yeah, who that yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I worked with him on the set of House of Cards once, mm -hmm. and uh, I was his stand-in, actually. Okay. Oh, wow, so, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he, um, he was, you know, performing the scene. And then after the scene was over, I was walking with him back to the trailer. Mm -hmm. uh, no, back to the van where they were going to take him to the airport. And so we were talking, and he said, he said, uh, he gave me some advice. He said, Anthony, listen, keep working your acting muscle. Mm. Um, and he was like, he's a strong, like, right, right, really right. strong. Like, you can tell he works out. He's like, keep working your acting muscle. He said, don't worry about money. Don't worry about anything. He mm. said, just keep acting. It doesn't matter what it is, if it's paid or not paid. If it's a play or a movie or a TV show or a commercial, whatever it is, keep acting. Why? Because if you keep working your acting muscle, guess what's going to happen? Stronger. You just get stronger, mm -hmm. and you're going to get stronger, and you get stronger, and then when the opportunity comes, mm -hmm. guess what? You're going to be ready for it mm -hmm. because you're strong. Mm -hmm. You're going to be good. You're going to be well-crafted, so just keep acting. And I take that to, I took that, and, uh, and I live that, not just with acting, but with filmmaking and everything. Whatever it is that I'm trying to do, just keep doing it. Mm -hmm. Act. Make movies. Make skits. Make plays. Like, you know, I work, I've, I've, I've made a... Um, um, multi award winning feature film, right? And boom, some people are like, ah, right? Mm -hmm. But no, outside of that, I'm making little Facebook skits. Right. You know, I'm doing a commercial here. I'm working on this project. Like, I'm still doing whatever Pumping it is. Content. Just keep doing it. Why? Because guess what? I'm so much now a better editor now than I was when I did my first movie mm -hmm. or my second movie or anything. Like, I'm really good at editing that or at least better still growing same with acting same with filmmaking so just keep working the muscles of whatever it is that you're trying to do and keep doing it make sure your relationship with God is, is growing and then make sure you're growing um, with whatever craft that is that you have just keep doing it no matter what okay also fear in terms of let's say that you're in that space and you have dealt with some of the things you've dealt with some blow black blowback from the church maybe this is your family church like you, they invited you to do something and your your mm -hmm. parents are there you have friends that are there and you feel ostracized you talked about you know not caring but practically what are something you could tell someone in terms of they're dealing with this they don't want to leave this church they feel like they've left a bad taste in their mouth how do they handle the discouragement and the fear that they're feeling in that moment um you literally have to get it i know i already said it but i have to say it you literally, your only option is get to a place where you don't care. Mm. You can't care. You can't care about leaving the church. Mm. If you don't want to leave, but leaving is the best thing for you and yourself and your career, then leave. Mm. Leave that church, that, not leave that, God, that, but right, right, you know, right, right. leave that particular congregation. Mm. Um, if it's a person or individual, as long as you're not married mm. to that person, you're not leaving them, but um, at least that's yeah, what you don't want to do. Mm. Um, but whatever, outside of that, you, you any anyone or anything is expendable when it comes to God. Mm. Like so that. Say that again. Anyone and anything is expendable when it comes to God. Right. Um, when it comes to God. Mm -hmm. Because, and it's just like the rich young ruler, you mm -hmm. know, Jesus said, told him, get rid of all Everything. of your stuff and yeah. come follow me. Yeah. And he was sad mm -hmm. because he had a lot of possessions. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times we get attached to possessions or we get attached to people, we get mm -hmm. attached to situations or churches. We get attached to these things to the point where it keeps us from being able to move forward with what God called us to do. Mm. You can't do that. Mm. 
your first commitment is to God. Your next commitment is to your spouse. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, it's open game. Right. <laughs> so make sure that if there's anything not in line, that doesn't mean you have to get rid of, like, you know, there's some, you don't have to necessarily have to get rid of everything mm -hmm. or certain things. It just means that you need to make sure you prioritize God as sure. the only one mm -hmm. and everything else second. Um, so yeah, you have to get to a point where you just don't care. Don't care about what people, don't care about that church, don't care about your anybody. Mm -hmm. As Just make sure that it's God first, and then after that, let God reorient, reorganize for you mm -hmm. your life and sure. the people that need to be around you and the church that you need to be with or the job that you need to be in, mm -hmm. or whatever the case is. Let God reorganize that for you. Yeah, um, That would be my I like what Christ said. He said, any person who's not willing to leave mother or father or wife or son or daughter for my sake is not worthy of the kingdom. He didn't say that you had to. Exactly. He just said, you know, if it comes down to it, God forbid, I'm the one thing that you should hold on to. Exactly. Nothing else, like everything should be fair game. So that's definitely biblical. Folks trying to find you, where can they find you on social media with some of the hey. things you're working on, projects, whatever have you want to give a shout out to? I want to give a shout out to... Uh my wife, mm. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> I do want to give a shout out to her too, yeah. you know, yeah. Adada, hey. Um, but no, you can hit me up on um, uh, our website mm. for our company is Sunset Friday. That's S-O-N, mm. like the son of God, mm. S-O-N-S-E-T, Friday. Mm. Sunsetfriday.com, and you can check out some of the projects we've done um, on that website there. Mm. Anything that you got coming up that you want to? Tell the viewers uh, about man, yeah, you, yeah good yeah, plug. Yeah. Whoa, you know what I'm <laughs> so um, actually, yeah, um, so we do have one project out now. It's a short film called Salute. Uh, it's a film that I did with uh, an amazing man, Chaplain Paul Anderson, um, from the uh, NAD um, office mm -hmm. uh, within the SDA Church, and it's basically just a film about uh, showing that there is a place and a space for Christians in the military. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, Christians think that you can't join the military or right. shouldn't for various reasons, but this film follows the story of a college student who's struggling with that, and you kind of see where he goes from that. So that film is now touring film festivals, um, and we are actually at the Churches Making Movies Film Festival this weekend, mm. um, and I'll be out there in New Jersey as well to check that out. And then lastly, we have a, we have a couple projects on the horizon, one of which uh, is a feature film that is currently in the hands of an investor uh, to uh, potentially progress forward with investing the film. So you can pray about that for us, because that's a big project mm -hmm. that has a great message. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll tell you more about it next time you invite me on. Sure, this yeah, all right, that's all right. <laughs> okay, okay, definitely, definitely. Can you close that with prayer? Absolutely. Uh, Father Lord, whew, thank you for this conversation. Um, you're awesome. Yes. Like, God, you're just, you're, you're the man. Like, you're more than the man, you're the God. Yes. Um, we thank you, God, so much for um, giving us life and, and, and breath um, Lord, we talked about faith today. It's something that we all suck at. Um, we're, we're not worthy of you. I mean, we're just not worthy of anything that you have for us. Um, but Father, by your grace and mercy, you still give us life. You still give us a car. You still give us food. You still give us relationships. You give us things that we don't deserve. And um, it's just simply because, Father, you know what's best for us. And you love us. So I ask, Lord, that you help us in our continued growth in our faith. Um, as we walk, may we be faithful. Um, as we move throughout this world, may we continue to grow in our faith, Father, so that we can impress you. Um, Lord, you've taught me this week, actually, that the only way really to impress you is through obedience. Mm. So, Father, may we be obedient. You don't care how great we can sing or how well I can act or how big of a production we can do. or You don't, you don't care about none of that. What you care about is 
are we being obedient to you? And so, Father, if you tell me to get on a plane, may I be obedient. Mm. May I impress you, Father, with my faith and my obedience. And Father, Father, whatever you tell others who are listening, Father, to do, may they be obedient so that we can impress you. Um, we love you. Continue to be with Darian and um, his entire ministry uh, here, not only here, but just with his family and everything else that you called him to. And be with each person listening. Um, there's someone out there struggling with something. Um, they have a faith walk of their faith journey, and I pray, Lord, that you bless them along their journey, um, whatever that is, that you allow them, Father, to continue to grow closer to you. And uh, bless the engineer here, Father, in this great studio, um, and uh, give, continue to give him uh, great resources and opportunities to create platforms like this for people like us. We love you. Help us have a great day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, Ron, amen. how much time we got left? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Thank you for watching. Uh, we'll be back next month, Wednesday, 1030. God bless. Amen.